This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, June 13th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. While much of the rest of the country has nominally been mourning the killing of George Floyd at the hands of police, in Louisville, Kentucky, the focus has been Breonna Taylor, the 26-year-old EMT shot eight times by police in a no-knock drug raid that, perhaps not surprisingly, turned up no drugs. Louisville this week banned those warrants. Bradley Balco, media fellow at the Cato Institute and columnist at The Washington Post, says that warrant was illegal. We spoke Thursday just hours before the Louisville City Council banned no-knock warrants. I am speaking to you from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, you're in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and of course, uh, Louisville has seen better days. Uh, the last few weeks here have been uh, pretty rough for a lot of people. Um, and so you uh, wrote a piece recently detailing the warrant that was used to enter the apartment of Brianna Taylor, who was uh, killed by police in March. Uh, you say that warrant was illegal. Uh, but before we get to that, what do we know about how warrants tend to be issued and executed uh, for people's homes? So what we... The, the, the vast majority of no-knock warrants are issued to serve um, search warrants on people who are suspected of, of drug crimes. And um, the way it's supposed to happen is, you know, you, you get a warrant, you go, you, if you're the police, you knock, you announce yourselves, and you wait an appropriate amount of time for somebody, you know, to come to the door. And the idea here is that you're giving them notice um, and the ability to let the police in without uh, suffering uh, violence to their person and and the destruction of their property, and this is kind of couched in a centuries-old doctrine called the Castle Doctrine, which states that the home should be a place of peace and sanctuary, and the government should only violate that peace and sanctuary, you know, under the most sort of extreme of circumstances. Um, the Supreme Court recognized the, the Castle Doctrine uh, in, in the early '90s in a case called Wilson versus Arkansas, but they also left open these three sort of exemptions to it. Um, if you can, sh- if the police can show that a suspect is a threat to attack the police, destroy evidence or flee, uh, they can get a no-knock warrant and they can conduct a no-knock raid. Um, well, the police, police departments across the country responded to that by basically uh, using this boilerplate language in every search warrant for in a drug case by claiming that every single drug suspect is a threat to flee or attack the police or, or destroy evidence. And in a subsequent case, case, the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. Um, you have to give particularized information for each suspect. You can't just say all drug suspects as a blanket statement, you know, present one of these um, exceptions. Uh, unfortunately, in Hudson versus Michigan in 2006, the court said, uh, okay, all that's true, uh, but when police violate the knock and announce rule, uh, we're not going to enforce the exclusionary rule, which means we're not going to throw out any evidence that they might uh, find after they serve that warrant. And what it basically did is it it, it invalidated, not invalidated, it, it made toothless every previous ruling about no-knock raids that the court had ever made because there's no enforcement mechanism. Uh, the rule just exists on paper. And a lot of us at the time predicted that we were going to see police departments across the country violate the knock-and-announce rule uh, sort of with wild abandon because there was nothing preventing them from doing so. And so what we saw in the Breonna Taylor's case is exactly that. Uh, the police, and there were five warrants for that uh, related to that investigation, one of them for Breonna Taylor's house. And under the section about no-knock warrants, 
uh, there was the same cut and paste boiler language, boilerplate language, you know, word for word, that basically said these drug suspects are a threat to police, you know, threat to attack police, destroy evidence, or flee. Um, and you know, the problem is that is they, they, you know, the whole reason for that Supreme Court requirement for particularized information is that not all drug drug suspects are the same, and so they had their main suspect, but Brianna Taylor's only connection to that case was that. Um, she had dated the suspect uh, several years earlier and had let him use her address to receive uh, some packages. Uh, now, she didn't, you know, know, uh, well, <laughs> she didn't know that those, those packages contained drugs because they didn't contain drugs. Um, in fact, we found out later that there were clothes and shoes in the packages. Um, and yet she gets, because of this sort of boilerplate language, she gets lumped in with all the other suspects uh, the judge grants the no-knock raid on her house, uh, despite the fact that um, the warrant itself was illegal. Uh, and they conduct the raid, and, and tragedy results, which is you know entirely predictable when you break into somebody's house in the middle of the night. Somebody who isn't a criminal is even less likely to think that the people breaking down their door are, co are cops, right? You think you're being invaded, and that's what her boyfriend did, Kenneth Walker. He fired one warning shot, and then they just opened up with a, a barrage of bullets that killed her. Uh, they ended up putting five bullets in the apartment next door where a pregnant woman was staying with her, her five-year-old. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's infuriating not just because of the police actions, but because of the actions of this judge who, you know, did not do her duty to protect and defend, you know, the Fourth Amendment. Uh, she just sort of gave police a rubber stamp to do whatever they wanted in these cases. So uh, there there has been some reaction uh here in Louisville and and elsewhere, uh, that these kinds of warrants that are, I mean, you say you say that the, the warrant is illegal, but it seems at least as a technical matter, they're still being issued. Yeah. Well, so uh, about a year and a half ago, I wrote, I did an investigation of the Little Rock Police Department in Arkansas, and uh, I got uh, 105, I believe it was, warrants over the last couple of years, no-knock warrants that the department had served across the city. Um, and I came to this case because somebody had sent me a video of, of one of the raids that they conducted. And, and in this video, just taken with a, uh, you know, a, a surveillance camera, um, they used explosives and they blew the door off the hinges. And in the video, you could see the door, the guy was sleeping on the couch and the door flew across the room and landed him on the other side of the room on his couch. Um, you know, extraordinarily violent, risky, reckless way to serve a warrant. Uh, and from that, then we started looking at, 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 other warrants that the department had served. And so we'd looked at 105, uh, and then I believe it was 97 of them, of the 105 no-knock warrants, uh, the police had used this exact word-for-word -word boilerplate language about you know making these blanket statements about drug deals. And the judges signed off on every single one of them. And I actually interviewed the judges. Uh, one would only talk to me uh, on background, so I won't quote him directly. But the other one, who's, who's now retired and lives in Colorado, had nothing she had nothing to apologize for. Um, she said, you know, uh, she didn't think she had done anything wrong. Uh, and in fact, at one point she said, well, you don't know what conversations I had with police officers, you know, on the phone after they, they su submitted their affidavits, which is kind of jaw dropping because uh, a judge cannot issue a warrant based on information that's not in the record and not in the affidavit. Um, if the cop had said something to her sort of on the phone that made her issue a no-knock warrant or persuaded her, that should be in the record as well, uh, and it wasn't. 
And so, you know, what we're finding is just police departments and judges are completely defying uh, these Supreme Court rulings, and they're doing it because there's there's no enforcement mechanism. The court has basically neutered itself when it comes to uh, being able to actually enforce the rules that it's laid out. So uh, it, as the mayor of Louisville, I think he initially said, uh, these warrants are going to have to go through the chief now, uh, and then later said, I'm just not going to allow uh, the Louisville police to, to issue these. That's not a change in city uh, statute. Um, but a, a lot of states and perhaps now the feds might be looking at getting rid of these altogether. Um, one, how, uh, confident are you that, uh, these states or the feds will follow through on that, but also what changes if that, uh, if they are prohibited? Um, I, you know, I'm skeptical that we're going to see laws banning no-knock warrants, um, uh, you know, I think there, there, there is a place for them, and that is when you have somebody who presents a legitimate threat to other people and needs to be apprehended immediately. So, like an escaped fugitive, or if you have, you know, a possible hostage situation. Um, the problem is that they're overwhelmingly used to serve, you know, drug warrants, search warrants, not arrest warrants against people who are suspected of drug crimes. So, you know, they're primarily used as an investigative tool. Uh, against people who have yet to even be charged with the crime. And of course, they're extraordinarily violent and they're uh, inflicting, inflicting a lot of sort of pain and trauma on these people. Um, so I'm skeptical that, that, that we're going to see any sort of black letter law that's going to ban them outright. Uh, what I would like to see is, is legislation about forced entry because, you know, the police will claim that, that, they, that this wasn't even a no-knock raid on Breonna Taylor because they, they claim they knocked and announced themselves. Um, now the neighbors, I guess, I think we're up to 16 neighbors who say they'd never heard an announcement and Kenneth Walker says he heard a knock, but no announcement. And this, that's why he assumed that they were criminals. Somebody was banging on the door. He called 911. Yeah, right. He called 911, which is not generally something you do after you've, you know, consciously decided to take on a team of raiding cops. Um, you know, that's not, you don't see that very often. Um, it, it really needs to be about forced entry. And I think if, if the government is going to force its way into your home and kick down your door or take it down with a battering ram, um, they better have pretty damn compelling reason to do so. Uh, and right now what we're seeing is all they have to do is suspect you of having, you know, some illegal pot in your house and, and that will justify them taking down your door. And I think it's time, you know, way past time that we, uh, set that bar a lot higher. Um, it should be the only reason that the cops should be able to kick down your door um, after you were, even after you've re refused them entry, uh, is if they have good reason to believe that you're a threat to some, to to other people. Um, and that's just not the case with these drug warrants. So w you say you're not uh, necessarily optimistic that they'll be gotten rid of, and that there may be good reasons to allow them to exist in uh, narrow circumstances but um you know what what is the role for the court at this point well i mean judges need to start actually reaching these warrants i mean it seems absurd to say but uh you know my first book um rise of the warrior cop you know i, I went through what literature there is out there about how much scrutiny dr uh, judges apply to drug warrants and not surprisingly it's it's almost none and and even if you get judges who do apply a lot of scrutiny uh, the uh, police departments can simply shop the warrants around to, to judges that they know uh, who they know will be favorable. Uh, so, you know, instead of a 
you know, a law that's going to say uh, we're going to ban no-knock warrants uh, or we're going to limit them or we're going to limit no-knock uh, forced entry raids. You know, one thing that would be really helpful is if people started paying attention to judicial elections and made this an issue. Um, you know, the judge, uh, listen, this judge in Louisville, you know, I don't know anything about her as a person, but she failed at her job and she failed at her job in a way that cost a, an innocent young woman her life. And, you know, I, I kind of look at that the same way I would look at, say, you know, a doctor who accidentally amputates the wrong limb, right? I mean, it may have been an honest mistake, but you make a mistake with those kinds of consequences and, and maybe you shouldn't be allowed to do your job anymore. Bradley Balco is a media fellow at the Cato Institute and a columnist at The Washington Post. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.